Welcome, thanks for downloading a new episode of the Old Guy Metal Cast. The skyscrapers look like gravestones from out here. It's your boy, the King of Bong Style, Jim Fishes. Joined as always by Mr. Bobby Blades. I gotta say, today you sound very stock, my friend. Sounds stock to my ears. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're joined for the first time by a third party. Mike from the Necromaniacs podcast and the band The Last Stand. How are you, sir? What's going on? guys uh thanks for having me appreciate it uh and we're here to talk shit about metal being old whatever happens we have no plan as usual so uh we can talk about dave ellison i suppose <laughs> to start uh we talked about it on the new episode where he was in trouble for um i mean he's married he's a was he a lutheran minister whatever they call pastor but he's also sending women mm-hmm. uh you know, pictures of him jack or videos of him jacking off and so on. So, he was uh, fired from Megadeth. And yeah, that just came about now, today. Right off the bat, I, I got I gotta say, um, do you think Dave Mustaine got rid of him because of the heat and like, the press on it? Because Dave Mustaine himself is also a Christian, and he's personally like offended by it. More of like the public reason or the private reason. Well, their announcement this from Dave um, did say that. Let me see. Um, this is well, we do not know every detail of what occurred with an already strained relationship that has already been revealed. Now is enough to make the working together impossible. So. Maybe it was convenient. Maybe he was like, eh, I don't want this guy anyway. And here's a good opportunity to get rid right. of him. Because, I mean, we've been in bands with guys we don't want to be in bands with. <laughs> you know? It's true. It is true. But a lot of fans, though, a lot of fans are like, way to throw your bandmate of 30-something years under a bus for cheating on his wife. I'm seeing a lot of that. Yeah, I mean... He was he he wasn't always the bass player for Megadeth though. He'd even come back, didn't he? Not a big yes, Megadeth. Yes. Megadeth. Well, uh, but he's on a lot of their records though. He's on more records than he's not. I'll say that. Yeah. He deleted all his social hmm. media before this. Um, I don't know. I mean, he plays Jackson basses or did play Jackson basses. I don't know if he's going to be anymore. But yeah, not a real thing. He didn't, as far as I can tell, he didn't break the law. Like he said, the woman, some woman came out and said, like, that video was stolen from me. I was a willing participant. There is no issue. So, I mean, cheating on your wife's not illegal. You know? I think it's just the optics. You know, it's not like he was uh, fucking talking to children or something. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm in a band with you and you cheat on your wife, I don't give a shit, really. <laughs> this doesn't have anything to do with me, bro. Yeah, but I think Dave is all uber Christian now. And so, like I said, I think it's the optics of just uh, somebody, Megadeth now, the, the way they're presenting themselves, the way Dave is presenting the band. It could be the fact that he doesn't want to be associated with that. Maybe they were already having problems because he said the relationship was kind of strained. So there must have been something going on preceding that. And then this thing comes about and he's like, "Ah, fuck it. We don't want you here anymore. With all these fucking Christians, they change their name to Mega Life, dude. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's so weird when people are in those bands like who was it maybe rob barrett somebody joined deicide briefly and they're like while they're in the band they're like well, i'm a christian man like, dude come on man like, you can't be in fucking deicide playing songs about <laughs> fucking beazelbub <laughs> and be like oh well, christian i mean yeah, I here's the thing i think a lot of these guys I think a lot of these guys, um, the older they get, they may not uh, hold on to the beliefs of their 20s, which happens to a lot of people, most people. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if every member of any quote unquote satanic band was satanic. I think for the most part, a lot of the time it is a gimmick and it is an image. And look, and out of like one out of four guys in the band, one out of five, two out of five, is really kind of walking the walk and talking the talk, and the rest are just in a band. That's, that's I don't know, that's what I think. Glenn Benton is satanic as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he will ever change. I, I think he's going to take it to the grave. But yeah, dude, am I, I have, you know, satanic tattoos and shit, but am I satanic? Like, do I do rituals? <laughs> the fucking the devil? No, I don't. <laughs> but pentagrams and fucking goat skulls and shit are cool as fuck. You know? Yeah, they've always been cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, like myself, honestly, um, I would say for a good chunk of my life, I probably identified as a Satanist for a good chunk of my life. Uh, I no longer do um, a, a couple of years, I would say. Not the case for you, Bobby, too. And it's not a slight at anyone who does. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's just something that I think it was a part of my life. And then it's just, you know, it's in my, my rear view. Yeah. Uh, do I like any death of black metal less? Not at all. Um, do I still listen to black metal and satanic death metal? Yes, I do. Um, it's just that I think for me as a person, it's just something that I don't, I don't know. I, I think I've become more of a spiritual person in a way, uh, not necessarily a Christian person, but just, you know, I feel like I don't need that in my life anymore. And I felt like it wasn't doing anything for my life anymore. Yeah, pretty much. Uh almost the same that happened to me. I was identified as that for probably 15 years. And then I just, uh, things started to change and I was like, you know what? This isn't the way I feel about things anymore, but I still, I'm not gonna change everything in my life. You know, I'm still listening to Norwegian black metal and all that other shit. It's uh, mainly just not identifying with any form of religion for me. I used to listen to all the fucking Christian death metal bands too. More <laughs> I didn't even care because when I was young, that was the only way to listen to metal around my grandma was uh, when if you would hmm. prove to her that they were a Christian band. So I like Mortification, Six Feet Deep, Strong Arms. Vengeance Strong Arms. Rising. Badass Christian hardcore band. But yeah, so I'd listen to those bands just to get it past my grandma. Fucking loophole, dude. <laughs> loophole. Jesus is the loophole. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's amazing that she actually cared, like she actually took the time to, hey, prove it to me. You know, I mean, my mom, when when John and I were really young and, and John brought home uh, 
John Draper, by the way, for the listeners, uh, yeah. brought home the Show No Mercy Slayer's first record. And I think John was, uh, let's see, 12 and I was 10. <laughs> so, I mean, that was pretty heavy duty stuff for a 12 and 10 year old yeah, to be listening to. Um, and, and my mom, <laughs> with her Brooklyn accent, would call it that satanic music. And she still says it to this day. Satanic instead of uh, satanic. When we grew up, my mother and father never censored us in any way, like music or and anything, movies. Like they, we were allowed to fucking go for it, dude. That must have been a. Let me get it. It's like satanic shit. My father'd be like, "What the fuck?" And she'd just always defend us. Let us like, yeah, let him do whatever. Mm. Well, in a way, that's kind of good, but. I wonder if it. I'm not saying I had good parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because uh, I remember my sister, like when I brought home uh, the Metallica and Justice for All cassette, uh, my sister told my mother that it had satanic lyrics in it. And I remember my mom pulling out the booklet, reading through the lyrics to see like what was anything that was about Satan. <laughs> so I remember being so scared that my mom was going to burn my cassette tapes. My parents grew up with parents like that. My grandmother used to take and smash my, my father's albums when he was young. It's George Carlin records, you know, fucking rock records, shit like that. So I think that my parents are younger, I guess, than, you know, obviously what your parents are. Yeah. My parents had me when they were like 16 and 17. So it was a fucking weird situation. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is wild. I mean, we weren't censored in my house either. Um, honestly, it was, uh, you know, in the early 80s, uh, our parents kind of separated and dad would take us to movies all the time you know on the weekends and we pretty much saw every radar movie imaginable in the early 80s and every eddie murphy movie and you know a lot of sex comedies uh and <laughs> it was you know it was a different time I, I mean i don't think you see that now you i mean you wouldn't see you know i guess pre-covid you wouldn't see a nice you know divorced dad taking his kids to sex comedies uh i don't really think that's a good look anymore but it was uh it was kind of par for the course back then. Oh, dude. I remember being just like a child watching Rocky Horror Picture Show and heavy metal and shit. Cartoon characters doing cocaine. Like, <laughs> oh, I'm fucking eight. Yeah. I think I remember also when, <laughs> when Scarface came out, my father had brought me to the theater because we had a little theater up by us. And... I just remember being this little kid in the movie theater and I didn't know what was going on, but I see people stabbing each other. I see people with guns, snorting cocaine, counting money. I didn't know what the fuck's going on, you know, but yeah. different. Did we talk about it on here or was it a different show? I don't know. Like, I think we talked like about 50, it on here. 57 fucking podcasts. We're talking about <laughs> RoboCop and how we had all these toys and shit for RoboCop and like, yeah. he gets blown to fucking bits by Red <laughs> Foreman, dude. Come on. But yeah, there's toys. Well, and back to the, uh, the the Megadeth thing. Um, my friends made a funny post uh, on his uh, Facebook saying, "Well, Mustaine has proven time and again that Megadeth is a one-man band. <laughs> oh, 100 percent is. Meaning yeah. that 
like, like everybody is expendable. Megadeth is basically just Dave Mustaine. And that's, I mean, I would say that's quite accurate, wouldn't you guys? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yep. I'm not a big Megadeth guy. Like, I like, you know, back in the day, like the classic ones, but like, I don't really give a shit about the stuff they do now. And they did some really, what was that? Risk or something like that? Just Garbage. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the equivalent to St. Anger. Fucking nasty. Rather, if you give me fucking Risk or St. Anger, oh my God. I don't know which I'd pick. I would burn yes. both. Uh, apparently the last two or three have been very good thrash metal like one of my friends says it's very good I, I myself you guys I, I haven't really checked out new Megadeth um, I hear some of it is very good so I think I need to dip my toes into the, the new era Megadeth stuff yeah I would um, say I have a lot of respect for David saying uh, you know he's a super talented guy oh definitely I'd say go with dystopia to start off with before going backwards because that's probably the most the most like the old records that he did. Yeah, I mean the difference between like these thrash bands though, like for me, I have an unpopular view that they don't I just hear nineteen ninety-two in as a sound, you know? And that just doesn't do it. Those guys, you know, they never changed enough to do they didn't have a black album, right? They didn't have it didn't change like Metallica and shit. And I think that's why, obviously, they weren't as, as popular in the long run as Metallica because they didn't change. They just kind of did the same shit. No, actually, I think Megadeth does have a black album. Uh, that that what's that one from the one the one after Rust in Peace is kind of kind of like regular metal. Like it's not very thrash metal. It's, yeah, yeah, I would say euthanasia or something yeah i think euthanasia is probably or euthanasia and um countdown to extinction are probably both equal to the black album because they if both I'm have gonna, yeah. a very radio friendly kind of sound if i'm listening to megadeth like i'm gonna mm. listen to, i'm going countdown to extinction that's my first choice every day <laughs> yeah mm. what about for you guys i wanted to ask you guys you know being a bunch of old metalheads um do you do you listen to any new like death metal or new black metal or, or are you pretty much into more of like the 90s stuff uh i listen to a ton of new shit of all kind of genres Me too. i'm like i don't know i have a fucking i just used to see it like i never want to be that guy like i just I always have to like i have to know what's going on i have to keep up with these fucking metal bands yeah, and then I, I ended up being that guy. Yeah, Grandpa Met. Yeah, <laughs> because he he will tell me about new bands and or not even new bands, but bands that probably came out in maybe two thousand. And if I didn't hear of them, it's like I don't know what you're talking about. And, and then he's like, "Oh, you're Grandpa Metal," because I'm pretty much stuck in the nineties. I even though like I hate to well, admit, I, but I even like some of the new popular fucking metal bands like. I can get down on some I Prevail songs or Dragged Under. Those are like the really, those are like the Spotify top 10 modern metal fucking, probably a bunch of 17 year old girls who know who Dragged Under and I Prevail are. <laughs> I don't, I don't listen to any of that, but I do keep up with uh, new death metal and new black metal. And I've actually never stopped keeping up with death and black metal. So I could actually, <laughs> I could tell you about the last 20 years worth of death and black metal. Um, 
it, I mean, I have I have friends and bands, and I, I've just you know living in New York and in Brooklyn my whole life. Um, I, I've just been able to see much. You know, I guess I'm spoiled. Like I, uh, there's hardcore, there's death metal, there's black metal, and just, there was just kind of always something going on before COVID. And of course, I have to say before COVID because right now there really isn't anything going on, but it will pick up. You know, pick back up again. Um, I mean, there's there's great stuff out there actually um yeah. in america and and outside of america uh, america for death metal has several really strong bands um uh, blood incantation and uh, two mold and cerebral rot a lot of bands coming off this uh, record label 20 bucks spin are very popular and do very well uh dark descent records um i mean the underground is is very strong and there are bands that do emulate kind of the 90s sound, but then there are bands that don't sound like that at all. So, I mean, you kind of you take your pick of the litter, really, about, you know, with extreme metal. Boys in uh, Gorgatron, the fucking baddest-ass death metal band in all of the land here in my frozen hmm. tundra of a home. They just had a kick-ass show last yeah. night at uh, a brewery in Fargo, North Dakota. They just back on and with Orpheus and... They, they did a fucking great crowd for it for a death metal show at a bar in Fargo, North Dakota they had a oh, wow. fucking couple of people, it was pretty good, it looked good name of the band? Gorgatron Gorbachev cool. yeah, me think of Mikhail Gorbachev the uh, former Russian Prime Minister Yeah. Hey, that's, they're fucking great man. They, <laughs> and their shit on YouTube is uh, I'm always plugging them on here but they have hilarious music videos like they're death metal and shit but they don't take themselves so seriously like the videos usually fun to watch and definitely check those guys out but, uh, oh, before cool. we get off the that. Megadeth thing I do want to because I know Dave Mustaine listens to this they need <laughs> to get my homeboy Luke as a bass player he's the most, he'd be the most perfect candidate to play bass for, for Megadeth he's a huge Megadeth mark he's the most pro bass player motherfucker I know I've never been in a band with him but I know that to be a fact like if you had a bar band and your bass player fucking died of AIDS the day before your gig, you could call this dude and give him an entire fucking 445 minute set list of shit and be like, tomorrow this. He would show up without even having to jam with you. You know, and be able to pull it off. Because it's like pro- I bet they are being uh, inundated with bass players right now. I mean- I'm sure they are. <laughs> a, a bass player avalanche. <laughs> yeah. He wants to play bass and mega fucking everybody, right? There you go. Totally. Yeah. There's, no. a, there's a huge show coming up at the end of August, uh, the Psycho Las Vegas. Have yeah. you guys uh, seen that lineup? No. Didn't even hear of it. <sighs> I mean, I'm, we're talking to two fucking people who don't. We're like, <laughs> <laughs> don't fucking go near. I'm like, something happening? Uh, the lineup is crazy, though. I saw. So who's all on it? Yeah, it's. Uh, well, um, Mayhem and Emperor and Zorder, uh, and there's a couple of, like the a couple of rap groups on it, and the Flaming Lips are on it, and Danzig is on it, and uh, my buddies in Silver Tomb are on it. Um, it's, it is like wild. It, it runs the gamut from like thrash, death, black metal, hip hop, and some weird like alternative bands. It's crazy. It's called the Psycho Las Vegas Festival. It's at uh, the end of August in Las Vegas. 
saw a lot of people were uh, were talking about it. So we got here. You got uh, Red Fang. Those guys are fucking awesome. Flaming Lips. Mm-hmm. Cannibal Corpse. The Fall of Carnage. Those guys are great. Uh, yeah. yeah. Tons of fucking Emperor, Dying Fetus. Down. Nice, dude. I hate God. Yeah, down's fine. Mm-hmm. Tons of shit. And the Jizza. That's pretty fucking <laughs> Yes, yes. Like, amidst all of that, and like Danzig is doing uh, Lucifuge front to back. I'm a big Danzig fan. I mean, I'm, t- I'm tempted to go, actually, but I don't know. I may not go. I've, I've, I've been out of work uh, for months, and that's right around the time my severance runs out. And if I'm not working, I definitely should not be going to that show, <laughs> unfortunately. Weed eater, the sword, all kinds of shit. Oh, yeah. If I wasn't... Um... If I wasn't such an agoraphobic person, I would probably be there, you know, because that sounds like, I mean, Danzig, man. I I haven't seen, I've never seen the Misfits live and I wanted to see, I wanted to see them. Not, not the Jerry only version of Misfits, just uh, Danzig and the original lineup and just like, fuck, man, you know, but I stopped going to shows when I was about 25. There may be more of that in the future. Weird silence. Hmm? <laughs> oh, we all stopped talking. Wow, yeah. what a shocker! I thought um, over here. I was going to say there, there may be more chances to see the Misfits. There may be more chances. I mean, they, you know, it's 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 a big event when they do it, and and I think they want to they, they want to play places they haven't played yet, like they've done Philly and they've done New York and they're doing Chicago and I think that you know they said they want to branch out. Well, Glenn said he wants to play some different states so you never know where they'll play yeah if he comes to massachusetts uh, i might just fucking go there some things you got to get out for man yeah <laughs> all right guys yeah. I don't you know, man. you're only living once that's true yolo yeah I don't, i've always <laughs> been that way but then like this has really turned it even more i don't know i don't, I don't go fucking anywhere anymore Go to work and that's it. <laughs> so, did did either one of you uh, catch COVID? No, nope, no, dude. <laughs> we, 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 we got we lucky. Neither did I. And I was in New York. I'm a New York City. You know, we were the death the death capital for several months last year. Yeah, I remember you uh, guys were in the hot zone. God, I was able to avoid it. It was bad, dude. It was terrible was terrible um now we're doing quite well and uh you know the bars and restaurants are open and people are starting to live again there was a hardcore show with over three thousand people at it and yeah i wanted to ask you uh, about that because we were of, discussing uh, that on the show get ruffled and uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um it was um a couple of weeks ago in tompkins square park um they didn't they didn't know how well it was going to do i mean it was a free show and um you you know you could pay a a donation if you like but essentially it was a free show and and normally i would say these park shows that they have uh, draw about a thousand people maybe a little more you know maybe a little less one drew in upwards of about three thousand to thirty five hundred (laughs) people and funny is that 
police were there and the parks department were there. And at no point was the show down or, or they wanted it shut down. Were there any problems or anything, you know? Then afterwards, the next day was when like the media kind of went to town and then this negative light was kind of cast on it and it's kind of a big shit show. Yeah, the yeah. media blew it up and they were saying that um, the permits were signed off as some 9-11 memorial type thing and, you know, all this other shit. And, and then I heard your brother John clear it up saying that the the owner actually had several permits and nobody knew or the, the media didn't know which uh, which of the permits was going on or some shit like that. Yeah, there there, the, the guy who put it all together had several events booked for the year. And there, in fact, was 9-11 Memorial booked for 9-11, for September 11th. Not that day. Um, so they kind of jumbled it all together as, oh, this guy had a 9-11. Like, they kind of just took one piece of information and added it to another piece of information and made up their own story. Like at no point was it a 9-11 memorial, you know? Uh, it was just the, the paperwork. It was like a listing of shows and there, and a 9-11 show was among the paperwork. And it's just, it just goes to show how, you know, mass media can kind of make up their, their own narrative and really unfortunate. Yeah, because, you know, it's not going to sell or get ratings if they're just like, oh, there was a hardcore show in New York and uh, over 2,000 people showed up. You, you got to have mm. got to have an edge to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then, of course, there's people from outside of New York just shitting on it. And then hardcore people who already hate the New York bands and hate New York kind of found an excuse to just publicly be able to say how much they hated New York hardcore. You know, you know it all worked out quite well for those people. <laughs> yeah, that's the shits, man. Yeah, like, if you ever wanted to, if you were ever afraid to say, fuck New York hardcore, well, all of April was your time. April into May, you had your chance. <laughs> do you have other, well, what is, uh, you have some, you do a podcast you have a band we just mm -hmm. pitch the shit to the people yeah um talk about the podcast first since I'm on a podcast and, uh, and hopefully you guys can hear me um Necromaniacs podcast was started in in 2014 by uh myself and my co-host Mike Hill he's also in a really good metal band called Tombs um they're on a season of Mist Records um, we met each other when John Draper and I had a comic book store in Brooklyn uh, in the mid 2000s Monster Factory and Mike was a customer and we just kind of struck up a, a, a good friendship you know um, uh, uh, a Serbian film uh, came out in theaters in New York it was playing in this little mom and pop theater in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. And Mike and I were like astonished that this this movie was showing at this movie theater. You have to go see it at this theater. It's like, this is hilarious, you know? We went to it with some other friends of ours and there was probably maybe 10 people in the whole 
theater and <laughs> the, the kind of the, the, the kickoff idea for Necromaniacs was being Serbian film in the theater, you could say, because that night um, Mike uh, had me as a guest on his Everything Went Black podcast, which was his first episode, uh, where that was kind of more music based. Uh, he decided like, hey, let's just do one that is just about horror movies. And a little later on down the line, we decided, you know, that's a great idea. And we'll call it Necro Necromaniacs. I think Mike came up with the name uh, Necromaniacs. And one of his friends came up with our cool logo, the red logo. Um, we had our first real episode uh, in, in February of 2014. So we're, we're a little over seven years uh, out there. And um, that's OG, it's very right? intermittent. It, uh, it, yeah. Um, the thing is, we were not weekly. We, we were never weekly until like the past year, actually, or, or less than a year ago. Uh, because rules and life and all this shit. Um, started the only other podcast I knew of horror podcast wise, that one called Last Podcast on the Left. It's tremendous. I still to this day have never, I still have never listened to that podcast. I got to oh, be honest. Dude, um, it's like, it's <laughs> tremendous. I have, I really love, I'm a huge fucking nerd for that show. It's great. I mean, I think the one guy on there, Henry Zabrowski. I think he's the funniest dude so, in the podcast. I, yeah, no, they're they're huge. Um, what's funny is big fan of horror writer Brian Keane. Are you guys familiar with him? Nope. Nope. He's a, he's kind of like one of the biggest and most popular horror novel writers of the last twenty years. Um, he's based out in Pennsylvania. He had a podcast called The Horror Show that I wasn't even aware of. That's how not in tune with horror podcasts. Um, and, but when I heard his, it kind of made me change my direction about what I wanted Necromaniacs to be. Um, and the only other podcast that I was listening to back in like 2014 or 2015 was this one called The Rialto Report which is a podcast all about the golden age of pornography. I don't know if you've ever heard of that podcast. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't yeah, listen it's, to too many. It's really good. The Rialto Report. It's been on, it's been on for a long time. It's, uh, this guy, Ashley West, all he talks about and interviews is uh, born from the 70s and 80s. And But the way he treats it, if, when you're listening to it, you think he's talking about like the Godfather, or like he's talking about like with the wind, like it's treated very respectful and and very knowledgeable. Yeah. Um, that's like one of my first podcast uh, exposures. So that that's been one of the only other kind of influences <laughs> on what we do at Necromaniac. So it's kind of coming from a, re a weird place, you know, because Mike and I didn't really know what the hell we were doing, really. I can relate okay. to that. <laughs> yeah, was, you are kind of um, when you get into it. Like when we started Suplex City Limits, I'm like, oh yeah, there's like three wrestling podcasts, dude. And we just like start our show. I just never thought about it. I'm like, oh, these are the ones I listen to. Certainly, there's no other ones. And then you get into it, and you're like, holy fuck, there's a billion of these things. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, 
this day, I don't, I, I currently, I will be very honest and say, I don't listen to horror podcasts. I don't listen to them. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, no, I don't want to like have any of that rub off at where like a, a copy of it, you know, I don't know. That may sound weird. Um, I don't listen to rest, I, like wrestling podcasts either. So. And there's, I mean, I mean, wow. I know there's so many of them just because, you know, my brother's, Raper and Kevin Castle, like, I mean, I know how much is out there, you know what I'm saying? Like, Just from them. Um, I, this in general just blew up post 2015, you know what I'm saying? And uh, it is kind of funny to see where, where Necromaniacs began and where it is now. It's just kind of weird. Um, aside from that, yeah, music is really the first passion. I, uh, I have a band, The Last Stand, that we've been together since 2010. And um, we have some new music coming out. Um, on uh, on June 1st, we have a new track coming out for an EP that uh, comes out July 23rd. It's a split release uh, with a band out of California called One Choice on a record label also from California called Irish Voodoo Records. And uh, we also, The Last Stand, have a new song on another compilation uh, that's coming out, at, I think in like two weeks, called uh, Back to the New York Hardcore Roots. Uh, that's coming out on vinyl, like limited vinyl, like three different colors and shit. Um, yeah. Not sure of the digital release date of that, though. Uh, I don't know if it's two weeks from now or a little later in the summer. Um, I have another band that is kind of kind of inactive but not broken up called Inhuman that I've had since uh, 1995. Uh, I started that band when I was uh, 21 years old, so put out a bunch of records and played a bunch of shows and I've you know, done a bunch of stuff. Um, just kind of, we just do it when we want to do it, you know, now it's not a priority. Yeah. And half the band is in a band called Silver Tomb. And, uh, those guys are very active with the guys from Typo Negative, and kind of uh, we do it when it's right. Like you know, if 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 a show on it and if it has the right headliner and everything is in place, then that's when Inhuman plays. Uh, the Last Stand is the more active band that plays shows with with more ease. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, we're happy to finally get some new music out this year. We haven't put out a new record in a while, so... Uh, and, and we're very excited about these new songs, so I think it's going to be good. That sounds awesome, man. I can't wait to hear the new tracks. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. I think I think uh, some of our, like, hardest-hitting stuff... I mean, the guys in my band, I, I gotta say... Um, my bass player is a good riff writer and, and and writes these very kind of catchy hardcore songs um you know and, and a lot of times he'll come in with a song that's like done you know and it's like wow okay you know um lyrically i i do my thing like you know me and him collaborate together on lyrics and stuff and you know it, it's it's a different uh, different vibe than in human i mean Three of these guys are, were in a band with my other brother, Mark, called Shutdown. And they were a very popular band on Victory Records in the 90s into about 2001. And uh, 
you know, they they lock with each other because they have literally been playing with each other since like 1996. <laughs> so the three of them. Yeah. Um. So I I mean I have that that I have the luxury of playing with guys that 9.5 times out of 10 they're always going to be tight. You know, I mean that's that's a good thing. Oh yeah, that's cool. You can stay in the same band, you know, that long. I give a lot of props to that as somebody who's been in like a bajillion fucking bands and never had a band last over five years. <laughs> Always at the zenith, yeah. like about to fucking, like about to achieve what you're, they, they, ah, destruction. <laughs> After hearing yeah. Krauthammer, man, it's like, it was so good. It, I can't understand why you guys didn't stay together, but then, you know, I, when you told me, I was like, okay, now I understand why. No, our buddy Rotor who moved to uh, Minneapolis. That's yeah. Like, that's, uh, but that was fucking good, man. It's my fat ass trying to drum. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, what, what instruments did you guys play respectively? What, what did you do? Oh, I do. I mean, it sounds so fucking like, how do you, I never thought of this one. I'm like, could play everything. Like, he plays a little bit of this, vocals. a little bit of that. I mean, I've done everything in bands, I guess. I've done like metal vocals, wow. played guitar, played bass, played drums. I don't know what else there is. I guess that's it. <laughs> so I've played everything over the fucking years. But yeah, I don't know, Bobby, what do you play guitar? Um, skin flute? <laughs> skin flute, yeah. Guitar. Uh, started with guitar, moved over to bass played bass and guitar but mostly like with people that I hooked up with in projects I just did vocals and I added maybe a little bit of guitar and keyboard parts but when I did shit I, it was mostly one man projects so I had a one man black metal band um, and I did all the hmm. fucking music for that if you can come up with a way to fucking do a one man black metal band live <laughs> <laughs> I want to see, see like corpse paint and shit with oh, a live shit. setup, just one fucking dude. <laughs> I don't know. So you got to be super talented to pull that off. I'm not sure if I got that amount of I used talent. I work at this ritzy hotel and they'd have weddings and shit. And then there would legit be dudes doing a one man band fucking gig. Like they have, you know, the drum machine and they're playing the guitar and singing yeah. and playing like, And they they've got the multi effects rolling and all that good shit. It's the guy who just like had a band that made money playing covers and shit. Mm -hmm. And then just like started lopping motherfuckers up like, oh, I make more money now. <laughs> no, nah, but you know what I would do if I was now I have fifty percent. If I just get a drum machine, I'll just get all of this. <laughs> no, what I would do, I would if I went to play live, I would have people like I would write all the music, but I would have people playing that music. But then, like when I went into the studio, it would just be me tracking everything. Okay, okay. I'm like Way Dave Mustaine. Do like fucking guitar, death metal vocals. And then I had a Casio keyboard as a drum machine. I never played a show with it, though, <laughs> so it can't be a But I did have actual songs for it and would play it fucking around. But I never did play a show. I dropped the ball. <laughs> You're fucking Casio. Yeah, dude, it was a, the Casio keyboard I had as a kid, but as an, I still had it as an adult, and I'd use it as a fucking, for the drums of the stupid metal band. Because I thought oh, it was before, funny. Um, before I did Inhuman, before I did Inhuman, I did uh, 
a band called Confusion, and um, around from 90 to the end of 94, and I was the bass player, actually. I was a bass player before I was a singer for years. Um, and we were one of the, probably one of the earliest, or were considered one of the earliest bands to mix death metal and, and hardcore together. And um, later this year, we're gonna have a uh, discography of all of our music um, on uh, vinyl and digital. Mm. Not supposed to talk about it yet, but I'm just, you know, I'm talking about it here. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so that's going to be fun. Exclusive. <laughs> it's a, it's a kind, of a, kind of an exclusive. I've kind of, I've talked, I, I, the only, like, I haven't put it out on social media yet because the guys putting it out would kill me, but I mean, I'll just mention it here because we're just talking about my music and stuff. So, got some, some cool stuff happening, you know, music wise this year. Um, and it's just it's it's weird that people have an interest in something I did 30 plus years ago. You know um, that that feels pretty good too when I was a, a young man. Um, but that's kind of happening more and more lately. Like I'm seeing bands, you know, especially in like the death metal world, like a lot of these very obscure bands that I kind of remember getting these really nice discographies put out on vinyl and CD and and a lot of bands I've never heard of in my life are getting like these really nice kind of like reissues and you know it's it's also happening in hardcore too and I think that's cool I mean it's, it's always good to see uh, a band that, that might have been overlooked get some some recognition when new younger kids find them like a, young kids started finding confusion on YouTube is what really started happening and uh YouTube and on like file sharing because nothing is available digitally anywhere officially it's all it's all like you know bootlegs you could say yeah so and then I knew that I I knew that things were interesting when last year somebody was making t-shirts and I actually uh, he actually shut down his big cartel because I sent him an email asking him about you know hey um Oh, you could have reached out to somebody in Confusion before you made the Confusion shirts, and then he got scared or whatever and, and shut it down. And and I was like, you didn't even have to shut it down. You could have just sent me sent me some shirts, you know. I like, <laughs> <laughs> but I never heard from the guy ever again. So. I'm not asking for money. I'm just asking for some shirts. Right? Yeah. I mean, it happens. I knew he wasn't. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I knew he wasn't going to become rich off it or anything, but you know. Um, it's not like I'm hard to find. Like some of these hardcore people and underground people, it's like it would literally take a half a second to find out a member of some of the bands I was in. You know what I'm saying? And people don't want to do that. They just want to make merch and get paid. <laughs> yeah, that kind of shit that happened to uh, my friends in the band Egypt, who were a band, and then the guitar player died and way later I don't know how later I guess 10 years later whatever the case is through just they put out an EP back in the day and then that was it or like three songs and these three songs caught on like fucking crazy in you know Sweden and shit like that because they like that dirty rock shit which is like what those dudes are like a stoner fucking rock thing and they just got back together with a new guitar player and went and played all over Europe and shit <laughs> so I just think that's crazy that they didn't really do anything outside of their town as far as wow. I'm aware back in the day. It was just they put up these three songs and it was people found it online and watched it on YouTube. It had like shit tons of views. 
from weird, you know, people in the Nordic fucking region listening to it. It's the new wave of American heavy metal. It's just weird how that shit happens. Huh. Have you seen like this weird? I mean, and it's cool. I called, yeah. called death. That's like the perfect story of that shit, right? Mm-hmm. It's such a great yeah, totally, totally. You know how that happens. But yeah, you were talking about death metal and hardcore and shit. And that's how we were around here. You know, there's a lot of like people who are death metal or they're hardcore people. And for us in our scene around here, we all played together, man. We had death metal bands, hardcore bands, and punk bands. We all played on the same fucking bills. And we never had an mm-hmm. issue. I like all those kinds of music. It's weird to me. Like, I mean, granted, we used to have like beef with those, like the straight edge fucking Earth Crisis kids and shit. But, <laughs> you know, but really, like everybody got along and shit. So it's weird to me. Like, there's some people who are very hard into one. I think, um, I've learned and seen over the years is um, a lot of my musician friends in the hardcore bands go to tons of death metal and black metal shows and are right fans of that music. Yeah, yeah. But I don't, but what I do not see is the opposite. Uh, my death and black metal friends do not really listen to that much hardcore. Not a lot of them. And you don't really see that exchange too much i won't say it's not at all because there's some like i'll see the guys from immolation at a lot of new york hardcore shows actually i do i mean i've I've seen it with many times uh because they're friends with some of the new york hardcore bands and uh, you know uh, some other bands too but for the most part i do see a just a ton of my hardcore friends of many years and hardcore musician friends a lot of the metal shows um because i don't know maybe it's a bit more open-minded with music or whatever but my, my die-hard death and black metal buddies are like eh, i'm not really into that yeah. <laughs> you know i was always into like fucking everything i don't know like we had a i was a band in the early 2000s that put out some albums and shit and i think was a good mix because we were in all those bands so we had death metal shit and hardcore parts and punk parts and all that shit. I remember we'd go play some places where they had, where their scene wasn't like ours, where it was just like all these fucking genres in one. It's like, we go play some metal venue and they'd be like, mm, when we play punk shit or hardcore riffs and shit, like they didn't like, they liked the death metal shit and the whatever else, but you know, so that's so weird. Like you find those scenes where you end up in a room full of those people. We're just like one thing only. Yeah. When I was at my youngest, it was one thing only, um, and, and that was, was when I got into hardcore music, I was militantly into hardcore music, and I was making fun of metal, I was making fun of metalheads, uh, I was with hardcore guys that wanted to fight metalheads, like, it was that bad, okay? I changed. <laughs> um, when my buddy Rich made me a, a, a tape of Creator and Celtic Frost, a couple other bands, and then too far after that i heard uh Sepultura's beneath the remains and i was like oh yeah i think i like metal again like but i didn't i was still a hardcore kid but i i reignited my love of metal which i had before i was a hardcore kid because i got into hardcore before i got into hardcore i was a thrash metal kid it's like heavy metal thrash metal hardcore then death metal and black metal blow up but what i did was i kind of took it all with me you know i didn't 
I didn't stop listening to anything, really. And that's how I've been my whole life. Yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Uh, what do you get some socials to plug before we go? Where people follow you on yeah. Twitter and shit? I don't really do Twitter, to be honest. Uh, um, I have a Twitter. I don't use it. But I am on uh, Instagram. You could find me at uh, INH722. You could find the band, uh, The Last Stand, NYHC. And you find Inhuman, NYHC. And you could find Necromaniacs on uh, Necromaniacs. Very simple. Uh, and everybody also has uh, ages. Uh, same, same way for all three. The Last Stand, NYHC human and necromaniacs and uh, yeah that's that's the best way to find me i think twitter is uh twitter is not good but i am on there as a lurker <laughs> i have a, a show one for well i have some show ones for podcasts where i just post that shit and then i have a personal one that i'm completely off the fucking rails but nobody knows about it nobody follows me <laughs> so how, how do you get your message out there to the uh, to the masses, my friend? Exactly. <laughs> you know what? Instagram and Facebook is enough, and you know, there there are bands I know that have zero social media that do have followings and do very well. So apparently, I don't know that life can go on without these things. <laughs> no. Truly. Uh, that said, you can follow me on Twitter at Suplex City Limit. Suplex City Limits, Check Engine Light Podcast, other shows that I do. Um, what the fuck else is on our channel? Uh, they Live for Horror. Seen but not heard. heard. Five shows free. Suplex City Limits fucking feed. Hell yeah. yeah. Um, and cool. oh, I want to thank you guys uh, very much for having me. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Pleasure to have you. I'm going to let Bobby plug his fucking uh, plug my what <laughs> uh, um, you can correspond with me the old box <laughs> send me pictures of your grandmother but no anyway uh, yeah you can find me on the Facebooks you know just look up Bobby Blades with a Z um, that's about the only place I am actually um, you can hit us You're up not even really there that much yeah I'm not really there or I'm kind of there but I'm lurking yeah. Um, yeah hit us up send us an email ogmcpod at gmail.com show ideas uh, pictures of your wife's tits you know yes. that kind of thing Jim loves that always, stuff always pictures of your wife's tits <laughs> if she's cool with it only if she's cool with it yeah yeah only, only if uh, you get her consent <laughs> yeah and of course, uh, listen to Gorgatron. Check out Seenbit on her. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Breaking the Apocalypse. Yeah. Listen to Break the Apocalypse. Uh, and what are those other dudes who fuck up our name all the time? Oh, the the, uh, the moped dirt bike uh, cross country fucking <laughs> potato guns. <laughs> With I don't literally don't know the name of that show because every time I ask, you give me some fucking wrong name because that's what they do to us. Yo, they, they fucked our name up again. I ask you guys something. Oh, what's yeah. up? So, I wanted to ask you, I didn't, I didn't ask you earlier, um, You, how did you find my my family, just basically from, from the wrestling podcast? Um, yeah, I started corresponding with John a few years ago. We were listening to him on another show. 
Um, and he was cool as fuck. So we just started talking. And then I found out he did Synthetic 16. And then he told me about Lament and everything. So I started looking up his shit. And, you know, we just started talking back and forth. And he was like, hey, my brother's got a band Inhuman. And you guys are called Inhumans because, like, we have a rap group called the Inhumans. So it's <laughs> just fucking crazy. Right, right, right. That's cool, man. That's great. Yeah. Ron was on my wrestling podcast three years ago. More. I mean, that was at the old host. So that actually had to be probably a fucking five years ago, something like that. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Break the Apocalypse is, is doing great. Saying what's up to John Shaheen and uh, B. Show Brian, the sexiest voice in all of podcasting. <laughs> Yeah, I'm Facebook friends with all those guys. Hell yeah. All good dudes. Much love to those guys. Yeah, buy his artwork. Dude, I have a bunch on my, uh, if you go, when you go down the hallway to the bathroom in my place, there's a bunch of, I got frames for him and shit, so I got framed fucking artwork from him. Abdullah the Butcher, fucking uh, Jushin Liger. Ass fucking dope. They look fucking great. Thank you for all the support. Yeah, dude. Thanks for coming. Thanks for taking a time, you know, an hour out of your fucking life to bullshit with us. And much thanks, dude. We'll catch you it. next time. We'll see you the rest of you. I mean, cheers, time. guys. All right, take it easy. Did we do? Didn't get to do my. Hold on. We'll oh, you my, didn't do the sign off. Okay, yeah, yeah. Fucking. <laughs> I still, still want to do the sign. I gotta say, hey, of Satan. <laughs> Yeah, dude, much love to uh, to Mike for hanging out. Yeah. Uh, take a fucking hour out of your, especially like, you know, on Monday, I just like got done working like shit. Yeah. Monday night to hang out with people that you don't really know. That's all pent up. <laughs> when you have people on the show, I'm like, I don't get to talk as much. Yeah. <laughs> got enough of me talking when we have people on shows. In a way, it's like, I kind of like it because sometimes I'm at a loss for words or most of the time. So I just rely on you to talk <laughs> like two bears, one cave. Fucking Bert Kreischer just talks the whole time. And Tom Segura is just. Yeah, pretty. Out. Tom doesn't talk too much. No. <laughs> oh, Bert never shuts up. But yeah, I fucking love that show. In a way, I kind of try to model myself after that. Like not after Tom, but I mean, yeah. Not sorry, not after Bert, but after Tom. Show? What's that? Didn't you hear the new episode of that show? No, I haven't gotten to it yet. I was listening to Bad Tom's Friends. Not there. It's Bert Kreischer and Stevo, and it's fucking insanity. Oh Jesus, Stevo's on there. Yeah. This is gonna be good, real fucking it's good. It's pretty silly, but uh, yeah, I guess uh, we could have just ended the show. I just wanted to do my fucking do my Satan ending. Yeah, man, we gotta do we gotta do our shtick. You got anything else to add before we depart? Can't think of anything, honestly. <laughs> Thanks for listening, supporting, interacting, all that shit. Uh, fuck, I don't know. Yeah, See you next time. Leave us a review, please. Like, Take five minutes out of your time. Leave a review on either the SEL feed or the main OG feed. And, you know, we'll fucking read it and we'll give you props. Just review the boys podcast, <laughs> would you? <laughs> just, just, just give him a little review. Yeah, just a little bit, baby. Just a little review. 
Give us five yeah, stars. We'll be back in the future for more shenanigans. And until then, hail Satan. And hail yourself.